Welcome to Above Par. I'm your host, Kathy Hartwood. I show you how to take more of your talent to the golf course without practicing harder, taking more lessons, or buying new equipment. I show you how to end the frustration of underperforming so you can start playing to your potential. This is where you are going to learn how to think above par so you can play below par. Let's get to it. Hey there, my golf friends. How are you? It's nice to have you back. So I'm just going to jump in today. I just feel like I need to speak up and speak out about women's sports, and I totally do not mean to be political in any regard. It's just my heart has been really heavy this last few weeks with some of the things that have gone on in the college world as well as women's sports. It really actually, it took me a while to kind of sort out exactly what I was feeling and what I was thinking. And so this might be a mess, <laughs> but my whole purpose is not to get any hate mail by this or to alienate people. I think it's okay for us to have different opinions, but I'm just really very empathetic to everything that is going on. And I want to step into the shoes of a college woman and uh, experience things from her, because that is what empathy is, is where you can step into someone's shoes and experience life from their angle. So I just want to share my perspective because this this podcast is about thinking above par. I do talk a lot about managing your mind and your emotions and how important that is for you to enjoy your best life and create the experiences that you want. One of the things that I want to share with you is that when I grew up playing golf, a totally different era, you know, like I have three just out of college kids, early 20 kids. I'm a totally different era. And when I tell them these stories about what I experienced, their mind is blown away because they don't have those hurdles right now as a woman in golf. Things are just so much more open for them and acceptable for them. And I love that. But I want to just tell you a couple stories about things that I experienced. And some of you may know this for sure. I did not always as a woman have access to a golf course all the time. There were rooms that weren't available to me, grill rooms that weren't available to me. I'm not complaining about that. That's just the way things were. I went over and played on the European tour. I had to walk past a sign that said no dogs or women allowed in that order <laughs> to go play that golf course. I went with Kelly, my friend Kelly. And, you know, we just, I remember taking a picture of that and it's in some Kodak film somewhere in a box in an attic. I can't find it. But I remember taking it. I'm like going, wow, like making the point to put dogs first. Somebody really had some forethought in there. And, you know, going in there and wanting to get a drink. And there's two guys, 18-year-old guys in this huge grill room, the longest bar I've ever seen in my life, sitting at the end of it, yelling at us to get out of there, uh, to go sit in another room. And maybe someone would come down and give us something to drink. I remember being at plenty of clubs where I was not allowed to play, even as a professional golfer, before noon. I was a member at Bay Hill, but I could not play before noon on Saturday as I watched groups of men go out there and, and top the ball <laughs> off the tee. Arnold Palmer was so gracious to give me a membership, me and Peggy Stevens. He, he helped out many tour players all the time on giving them access to golf courses to help them pursue their dreams of playing professional golf. And so I was so grateful to him. So it's so it like there's a part of me that's like, I can't complain. I'm so grateful to be there. But all my buddies would go out and play in the morning on Saturday. And I stood on the tee watching all these guys top it, just beginner golfers. And just because I had boobs. And that was very frustrating for me. Probably the biggest moment at all was when I went and played the golf club, I used to not say the name of the course out of respect for the man who was the member there. He has since uh, passed away. So I, it was the golf club, which is in Ohio. And we got invited there. I was 
dating my husband at the time. His father really wanted to play that golf course. I was stopping at playing at a professional tournament somewhere in Ohio. So they picked Sunday. I had no idea that it was a men's club, that women weren't allowed to play until after two o'clock on Sunday. I showed up gravel parking lot. There's no, there's maybe one car in the whole parking lot. I did not see a soul. I was pointed to go in between this opening into the back of the clubhouse. That's where I could go to the bathroom and change shoes. It was a janitor's closet. There was just a toilet sitting there next to a dirty bucket and a mop. I changed my shoes. I go out. I don't know where they are. They're somewhere in the clubhouse. So I putted. As I was putting for a few minutes, a young kid comes out about 18 years old, 19 years old. He was younger than I was. And he came up and he said, ma'am. And he looked at his watch. He goes, it is 1.56. You have four more minutes before it's two o'clock. I need you to go stand underneath that willow tree on the side of the green for four more minutes. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. He's like, nope, I need you to go stand underneath that willow tree. You're not allowed on property until two o'clock. And I remember walking under there. It was like this walk of shame. (laughs) It was like, I walk, I part the branches of this willow tree. I don't even know if that willow tree is still there at the golf club, but there's a willow tree uh, next to the parking lot. And I'm standing under it, like looking through like bars, like I was in jail. I was like, you've got to be kidding me that I'm standing on the street for four minutes. This is ridiculous. There's nobody here. The guys that I'm playing with come walking out and said to me, what are you doing? They were laughing. I said, well, I was told to stand underneath this willow tree until it became two o'clock, until it struck two o'clock. They laughed and they're like, come on, let's go play. I was so mad. I was so angry, (laughs) humiliated, and I couldn't really get my finger on it. I felt like I couldn't speak up. I felt like I couldn't say anything because I, I didn't want to ruin Mark's dad's day. I didn't want to offend the the host out there. I didn't want to make an awkward situation for Mark. So I sucked it up, right? I sucked it up, but I do not remember one hole. I was so angry. I suffered in silence that whole day. And I tried to think about why it was why it made me so mad. And it wasn't that I wasn't really mad at the guys who I was playing with. I was a little irritated that they laughed at me and kind of poo-pooed it. I wasn't mad at the young kid who was doing his job and telling me to go stand underneath the willow tree. I was angry that it was all okay to everybody. Like, why is that okay? Why is it acceptable to like, go tell me to go stand underneath a tree? Why is it acceptable to have a sign that says no dogs or women allowed in that order? Or for me to be a better golfer, one of the top golfers in the country at that time, there were not very many of us who played professional golf or pursued professional golf as women. It was a very small percentage of all female golfers. Why was it not okay for me to go out and play golf whenever I wanted? And what happens when you get accepting or you get hearing and thinking or you keep asking yourself, like, why is that okay? You start just settling for, it's okay. It's okay. This is what happens. And there's this space in between being encouraged and discouraged. You're not encouraged, but you're not discouraged at the same time. There's like this empty void right in between the two of them. And if I did not have a parent or a dad who played, who was a golf professional or a brother who was very into the game and it was a family activity and we hung out at the golf course all day, it would have been amazing if I continued playing in the sport. There were just so many hurdles and emotional hurdles to get over, right? That's like so much. I talk about this in the podcast. There's just like so much work to negotiate your brain and your thoughts and your emotions and keep going and stay motivated and driven to keep playing. So fast forward to the NCAA championships. And 
I just please hear me when I say that I am not against transgender at all. I think you can be for people being transgender and living the life that they want, they want and not okay with what was going on with the NCAA championship with those girls. And the reason that I say that too is that picture of their faces on the stage as they got their awards, it was a feeling I felt like I knew. It was the look of not being encouraged and not necessarily being discouraged. It was that face of suffering in silence, that they couldn't say what they wanted to say, what was on their mind, that it wasn't okay. Like they're saying, why is this okay? Who made this okay? As they're working their butts off to get into that position where they are, and that I don't want (laughs) women's sports to go back, even though the circumstances are totally different. I went back to a time where it was a man's world and there were like a lot of barriers for women to play the game. I understand that. It was more about that feeling of it just not being okay and that feeling of having to work extra hard to stay motivated in sport to keep going and pursuing your dream. That's the look that I saw on those girls' faces as they stood up there to get their awards. Even though the circumstances changed, are we getting to the point where we're discouraging girls from playing sport, from participating? I hope not. I hope they don't go, it's okay. This is what the way it is. Are we not saying to ourselves, why is this okay? Are we encouraging our girls to go and play and compete at a top level? Or are we discouraging them? I think that's just something for us to think about. I don't know what the right answer is. Of course, this is a big issue. There's going to be a lot of debate about it. It's just new, but I'm not speaking against the 50 or so transgender collegiate athletes at all. I understand you have you struggle with all the things that you're going through. I'm speaking up for the other 220,000 women college NCAA athletes. I want to speak up for them because I appreciate the work that they put in to get to the level that they're they're playing at. And I also appreciate how hard it is to manage your mind through all of that. They're not having a normal college experience. They're having a challenging, rewarding, different college experience than any other just normal average kid. They put in a lot of work. They have a lot of pressure on themselves to perform. They have pressure on themselves and, and from the outside to make grades. There's social and emotional pressure, all of that stuff put in together, and they're having to try and figure it out. They're going through school feeling like they have a job. And sometimes they do. I had a job when I went to school. I had a scholarship. And if I didn't perform, my job was could be taken away from me every single week, every round I played. And if I had my scholarship taken away from me, I don't know if I would have finished college. I went to a very expensive school. I don't know that my parents could have afforded for me to continue And I would have been the first person to graduate from college. So that was important to me as well. It's hard enough to manage your mind playing golf, right? Let alone have all the other obstacles on your mind between school and social pressure and feeling like you went into school so mentally strong on top of your game. And then you're put in this environment where you can feel mentally weak at the same time. And one of the things that I want to share is that they don't always have resources, college athletes to go and find help. Your coach is not always a great person to go to because if you're telling them, "I'm look, I'm struggling. 
I'm I'm feeling a little down. I'm having a hard time getting my head wrapped around all these social pressures that I'm going through and emotional pressures. I'm feeling a little uh, not very confident and doubtful and all these things. You you can't say that necessarily to your coach because your scholarship's on the line. Your place on the team could be on the line. You can't necessarily say it to your teammates because they might lose favor with you or confidence in you or certainty with you when you're playing on the team. You can't always say it to your parents because your parents, you know, we just have a different relationship. It tends on everybody's parents and being really honest and upfront because they care so much about you being happy while you're at school. Even resources at the universities are not always confidential. They can get back to the coaches. This hit home for me. I, I, <laughs> I probably have cried five times over the story of Katie Meyer. I could just step into her shoes. I could feel where she was at that moment. This is a soccer player for Stanford University, and she had two months left to graduate. And from the outside, everybody said that she looked so happy and she was a cheerful girl, but she took her life with two months left to graduate. And I just think about all the work that she's going through, all the pressure to play college sports, to perform at that level, to make the grades, to fit in to feel like you want to be a regular person, because fitting in is so important too, to not have your position threatened because of whatever is going on in your life or your job being taken away from you. Those aren't things that we're taught. Those are things that we have to learn and we have to have skills and we have to have access to different programs and resources to help us manage that. My podcast is a minute resource. People would have to extrapolate and put it into their life to be able to use some of those tools but, you know, I talk about how when we shake the cage, the hamster cage, we get all those thoughts start chattering. And just think about how many times that happens for you on the golf course. You put them into a collegiate athlete's environment and their cage is rattled constantly. We're not meant to be underneath that much stress at school. And I just, my heart broke for her family, for her teammates, for her. I just, I just pictured the pain, the internal pain that she was going through as she suffered in silence. I don't know her whole story, but that's what I think about in my head. And as so many posts went on Facebook and all the social media and so many of the people that I competed with at my level and every generation, they commented, I could have been Katie because they appreciate how hard it is to be a college athlete, how hard it is to perform at that level and just feel like you're mentally strong. Because you need to be mentally strong for your sport to perform well. But at the same time, you're thinking, what's wrong with me? Why can't I put this all together? Why do I feel so mentally weak at this time? I could not believe the number of comments of people who I know and don't know who played college sport who said, my freshman year, I could have been Katie. I was struggling and I was suffering in silence. So I was hit so hard by the Katie story. It just so broke my heart. All of it just broke my heart. Um, yeah, I, it's just so sad. And then watching those girls on the stage, I got sad for them again. I just hope we don't get to a place where we start discouraging girls from playing sport, playing at a top level. We understand how hard it is to balance it all. And it's okay to go out and reach for help, to learn the tools, to manage your mind, your thoughts and your emotions, and to know that you have choices on what you think and how you feel. I talk about the hamsters getting rattled in the cage. And if we don't manage them, if we don't know that they're optional and we don't sweat them to the back of the bus, they're going to drive the bus and we're not going to like where the bus goes. 
when I think about Katie, I just think about how her hamsters won. They drove the bus. And when I look at those girls who stood on the stage, I can see their suffering in silence. And I just wanted to speak up and speak out for women in sport, women in college sports, and just for us all to remember to encourage them and not discourage them and to ask ourselves, is it okay with what they're going through? Because over time, they'll start saying, it's okay. And if they start saying, it's okay, that means it's okay to treat them this way. It's okay for them to experience all those things. And I think it's so important to create resources or have resources in a confidential setting that college girls can go out and get help to sort out all the things that are going in their head. To know that they're not broken, there is nothing wrong, they still can be mentally strong while they're trying to figure it out. You're not supposed to know how to manage all that stuff as you go through college. Most adults don't know how to do it. So as you see women college athletes, I just want to put a little different spin on what might be going on in their world. While they might be from the outside saying that everything is amazing and going great, they might be inside just silently suffering. So I'm here to support all the women to play golf, to play sports, to play sports in college. I want to be really aware of the times that we discourage that from happening. And I want to be really aware of how they're not supposed to be able to figure it all out and they need tools and resources to get it done. And hopefully my podcast, while minutely it might be a resource for them, I'm hoping that I can be a bigger resource for them down the road. All right, my friends, if I could be any help, you can contact me at kathyhartwood.com. And before I go, the golf community was hurting this week with the University of Southwest tragic car accident that lost both men and women on the golf team. And it was an insanely sad story again in the college world. And my heart goes out to all of them and their families. All right. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Wednesday.